Hi, welcome to the Ask Pasadena's podcast. This is episode 15, and this week we have a question from a listener um, who asks, should all Christians pray for revival? Now here's Pastor Dennis with his response. Okay, um, simply put, I think the answer is pray. Um, and there's kind of, there's, there's two aspects here. Number one, all Christians should pray. Okay. Number one, all Christians should pray. I don't remember exactly where I heard it, but I remember a friend of mine who's a pastor told me, um, some poll results that basically said that the average time that pastors spend in devotional prayer is something like five to 10 minutes a day. And that's for pastors. Now, I don't know how true that is. It might be true, <laughs> which which is sad, um, especially because it's for pastors. I mean, look, in the, in the early book of Acts, what we have is we have a situation where, you know, there's a there's a dispute over feeding, you know, people in the church, and the apostles are like, it is not right for us to spend all of our times worrying about these, you know, mundane matters when we should be giving ourselves to teaching the word and to prayer. And so that's why they, you know, come up with this idea of deacons. The idea is their focus needs to be scripture and prayer. And I would just say that for any pastor or leader or teacher in the church, your focus has to be scripture and prayer, right? Because that's not an expectation that really just should be for pastors. That should that should be a foundational um, discipline for all Christians. You cannot skip over the basics. It, this is what happens. When you skip over the basics of Christianity, what you develop is a relationship with God that is built on a faulty foundation. And you never develop strong anointing in your life. You never develop um, intimacy with God. You never develop, develop the things that you need to have a real Christian life because you skip over the foundations of your spiritual life. Okay, The foundations, simply put, are... The scriptures, right, honoring God's word and and focusing on it, right, is prayer and is loving the body. These are the, the, the three foundations that every Christian must prioritize. And if you don't, then your spiritual life is, is, is not going to be powerful, not over the long term. So, number one, yes, focus on prayer. Do not skip prayer meetings. You have to commit to prayer meetings and hold them in high esteem. You look, people who tell me all the time they just don't have enough time for things. That is complete garbage, okay? Everybody has enough time for these things. It's a question of priority. It's what are we prioritizing? And when people tell me I don't have enough time to pray, what I hear is I do not prioritize prayer in my life. So let me just stop right there and say if that's if that's your situation, let me lovingly say this, you need to repent. And you need to prioritize prayer in your life. I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. Um, but do it. Prioritize a prayer meeting. Commit to a prayer meeting. Create systems of accountability. Okay? That's number one. Number two is this. Should we pray specifically for revival? And the answer is absolutely yes. Because what praying for revival does is it focuses our heart on the kingdom of God and not just 
our personal issues and matters. The temptation for all of us is just to have our prayer life revolve around the things that we want and need. And so we pray for, you know, our friendships and our jobs and our school and our grades and, you know, and, and these things that is is just around us. But I'll tell you what happens if that's, you know, the extent of your prayer life. You, you miss out on developing a picture of the kingdom, a kingdom-focused um, view of your spiritual life, right? And that, and that's why when Jesus gives us a model of prayer, which is the Lord's Prayer, it starts with, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven, right? The focus is first, I'm going to serve the Lord in prayer. I'm going to serve his needs and his desires. And this is really important because I, I see this happen all the time in churches. Without a vision for a revival, then what happens is it becomes all about how do we make this service a little bit better? How do we make this event a little bit better? How do we, you know, how do we fix these small program and event-oriented details of our church? And all the focus and all the heart goes into that. But I just have to say, if that is the if that is the focus of your church, and similarly, if the focus of your prayer life is yourself, then you're missing out on the big picture. The big picture is not about you know, the small things that can get better in your life. The big picture is, will God send a revival that will turn back the nation and that will thrust forth laborers into the harvest field of nations? This is the big picture. And and if your spiritual vision is restricted to just what's happening in your own life and just what's happening in your own church or your own ministry, then what happens is you're going to get discouraged you're going to get discouraged because you don't understand the ways of the kingdom and the way that God works. Look, there's lots. If we if we just looked at what God's doing in our own lives, then what happens is you we'd get so discouraged because look, America is not going well. Okay, America is clearly turning away from God. It's getting more hostile towards God. And if you you know if you just try and go out and do some evangelism on the street, I I guarantee you you will get discouraged after a while. Because you're going to get rejected a lot, you know, you're going to get, you know, ridiculed. And um, I'll tell you what will encourage you is that this is how it always goes, okay? This is the story of history. You know, we see this way back with the ancient Israelites. They, um, you know, they had a great time of revival with David. And then, you know, short, short, you know, Solomon, starting with Solomon, it starts to fall apart, okay? And the nation is backsliding and backsliding and backsliding. And that's, that's the way of things. That's how it works, right? Because our, you know, our human hearts tend towards apathy. It tends towards sin. It tends towards hardening. And what happens in is that God sends prophets and that he sends great leaders to lead his people into periods of revival. It's the same way with America, right? America's great awakening. And almost immediately it starts backsliding into sin, right? And luckily we have a second great awakening with which births forth the abolitionist movement. And, um, you know, it, I always say the history of the church is a history of revival. Okay, if you study church history, you will see how God works through great revivals. And so in the natural, we can be really discouraged with what's happening in America, but if our ears are open, then we should be excited because we are living in the greatest prayer movement in the history of the world. And I think that that gives us strong evidence to believe that there is coming an unprecedented revival. And if our eyes are fixed on that, then we're not discouraged, we're encouraged, and we're actively helping with what God is doing in the earth, right? 
we're actively helping with that. You know, ask the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into the harvest field, right? We're actively helping. He told the disciples, you're, you know, you're rejoicing and listen to you, right? But rejoice in heaven. And he tells them, because you're, you're reaping where others have sowed, right? Others have done the hard work and you're reaping from their labor. Those others, well, those are the ones who, you know, didn't have it so glorious in their times. Those are the ones who were laboring in prayer. Those are the ones, those are the prophets who were rejected, who gave, you know, the message, but were rejected and persecuted, right? Those are the ones who labored hard and the disciples reap from that in the same way, man, maybe we'll never see a revival in our lifetime. Maybe we'll never see the revival. Maybe all we'll see right, is people rejecting our ministry and persecuting us, right, for following Jesus. Maybe that's all we'll see. But if so, blessed are we, right? Because there's a principle in the kingdom that blessed are those who don't see and believe, right? Blessed are those who don't see and believe. Blessed are those, right, who are persecuted for righteousness, right? For great is their reward in heaven. That's Jesus' promise. So if, if we never see the outpouring of the Spirit and we never see the, this revival that we talk about and have been laboring for in prayer, well, then we'll be even more blessed, <laughs> on the day of judgment because we labored by faith and not by sight. And in the kingdom, there's a greater blessing for that. So all of this is you have to have a paradigm for revival. And the way that you have that is by committing to it in prayer. Pray for it all the time. Let your prayer meetings be focused on praying for revival and a move of the Spirit. It also keeps us in humility. Look, there's only so much we can do as humans. It's God who has to do the heavy lifting, right? We don't need, you know, more great pastors and great, you know, ministry leaders, stuff like that, or great musicians. That's not what we really need. That would be great, but that is not what we need. We need God. We need God to move in a dynamic way. We need him, you know, to send um, a spirit of conviction on the nation. They used to say, you know, there's stories of Charles Finney during the Second Great Awakening. He would pass by cities in a train praying for them, and a, a conviction would come upon the city, and they would just start to repent because a conviction of sin came upon their heart. That's what happens in revival, okay? When places go into revival, people just start coming under the power of God. In, um, in, in the Azusa Street revival, um, William Seymour would talk about how people would come into the meetings filled with arrogance because they heard about these crazy Christians and what was going on. They would come to mock and ridicule it. And they would they would at first be really angry. Over time, hearts would start to break and they would start coming hours and hours and hours under the conviction of the Spirit. This is what happens when revival breaks out. Okay, And that's what America needs. Okay, It doesn't need you know, burning free ministry another like that okay not save the nation okay it needs a move of god a move of god. we can contribute to that right now and we can be encouraged that we're doing good work for the kingdom important work right just laboring in the place where bible a great answer from pastor dennis yeah just keep praying for revival a lot of times prayer meetings have the temptation of just becoming uh let's just pray for each other and i know that we're going through a hard time and let's support one another but what i found is when you focus on just praying for the things that are on god's heart god begins to work in your heart and those those things that you come in with begin to go away um, not that god doesn't care about those things but he does care about those things and you just have to trust him um, another another thing i'm reading a book about um 
the history of Christian movement. And uh, there's a pattern since America has has been existing of American revival pretty easily, relatively easily spreading across the globe and influencing the rest of the world. And so we can have great hope that by praying for revival here in America, that we will see uh, a global impact for what God does here. Um, the book was talking about how it's pretty incredible how American revivals kind of transcend racial and geographical boundaries um, and begins to really influence and impact people of many various different cultures. So yeah, keep praying, keep doing your thing. Um, I'm your host, Nick King. If you have any uh, more questions, please send them in to us at burningtreetkc at gmail.com. We love your questions. We love it when they're specific. Um, and so yeah, remember to email us at burningtreetkc at gmail.com. We'll see you next time.